Welcome back to the Reclaiming Me podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. Today, we're going to talk about a pretty sensitive subject for me and probably for a lot of you listening. And that is experiencing traumas from your childhood popping up while caretaking a parent or caregiver that caused them or was a part of them. Um, This is something that I personally have been dealing with for the past year Uh, while my dad has been going through cancer treatment. He actually just had surgery a couple days ago um, and he's doing great and probably going to be released today. So yay, that's a positive, but it's something that's been there and I felt like I needed to talk about this because a lot of us struggle with this and it does not get discussed. And it doesn't get discussed because there is this internalized guilt and shame that we feel when we recognize that while this person that we're taking care of and that we love is going through something hard, all of those hurts are popping up. And there can be moments of feeling anger and resentment and hurt mixed in with the worry and the love and the fears of losing them. And then, of course, you know, you add to that the, the guilt and the shame over what you're feeling and you know, why in the confusion over like, why is this happening right now? Like, this is like, feels like the worst possible time to be feeling any anger and hurt or whatever toward this person that you, you love, you do love them. And you genuinely love them. But it's there. And I see this happen more often for those of us that have experienced this mix of the good parent versus like the narcissistic parent or the emotionally immature, the abusive parent, right? Because a lot of times the good parent, while they're quote unquote the good parent, they have their failings too. And... And at the same time, right, this is the parent that was in some ways your safe space or the person that you looked to to try to protect you from anything that you dealt with with the other parent. And and I want to reiterate here, I've said this a million times, but I want to reiterate that abuse is not just like physical, right? It is neglect. It is emotional. It is mental. It's, it's not just that. It is lack of care and compassion, lack of support, lack of um, giving you autonomy over yourself. Like there are so many ways that it shows up. You know, many of us grow up with parents that consider doing a good job as they provided a house, clothes, and food for you. And that was it. That was their job. 
and they didn't have to show you love. They didn't have to encourage you. They didn't have to support you. They didn't have to be there for you. They didn't have to give you emotional support and love and understanding. They didn't have to teach you to love yourself or trust yourself. You know, there's a million things, right? There's a lot of parents that didn't do that. And I'm, I'm Gen X. So I grew up with those, those baby boomer parents that really had no idea how to do this. I mean, they were called the me generation for a reason, right? A lot of us, we, we were not cared for. I've, I've seen so many TikToks and that we all joke about because it was true. Like we've joked about how, like, we weren't in that loud in the house all day, right? Sun came up, get the fuck out of the house, go play. They didn't know where we were. Um, you drank water from the water hose because you weren't allowed in the house. Um, everybody's, everybody thought that, you know, somebody else's parent was feeding us and we kind of just figured it out. We had commercials saying it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? Because we need, like, our parents needed reminding that they had no fucking idea where we were, right? We, you know, we joke about it, but it did live an imprint. And a lot of times there's a lot more to it than just that, right? We just didn't get this emotional and mental support that we needed. So when we experienced that, and even if we've done some work around it, it's not uncommon. And again, when we also have the good parent, right? The parent that was better, was a little bit more supportive, but at the same time, like we still had to deal with the other parent, right? These feelings come up. One, caretaking for anybody, especially a loved one, is fucking hard. Nobody tells you how hard it's going to be. Even if they tell you it is hard on you mentally, even if they say like, you need to get support with this. Nobody can fully prepare you for what that's going to be like until you're in it. And trust me, that has been true for me as well. I've had friends that have dealt with the type of cancer that my dad has gone through with a spouse or a parent. I have, or similar, you know, maybe not the same, but like still long-term treatment. I mean, at this point, my dad's been receiving treatment for over 14 months. So it's been a long road. And, you know, I'm a somatic trauma coach. I, I deal with this type of stuff, right? I deal with trauma. I know how to process it. And I've done pretty good. But nobody, nobody could still prepare me for the level of stress and compassion fatigue and all the other shit that was going to come up with it. And the one thing that nobody told me and that I have rarely seen talked about, if, if honestly ever, if I'm going to be really, really honest, like it's something that is intuitive to me, but I don't think more than a couple instances of, of talking about familial trauma has this come up even in training where you are going to start noticing some of those old wounds and things pop the fuck up. Those things that you felt hurt over, 
the ways that you feel like you didn't get protected or, or supported or loved enough when you were going through it, they're going to pop the fuck up. And it's hard because immediately there is this sense of guilt and shame. Because how the fuck could we even right now while this person is suffering, is, is going through this really, really terrifying thing, could we then also be mixing up these feelings of resentment and anger and hurt that we have been holding on to for a long time? And again, it's going to happen even if you have dealt with some of these things. And it's challenging. Right? It's really challenging. And and we, we struggle to talk about it because we don't want somebody to look at us and be like, the fuck is wrong with you? How the fuck could you think about this? Think this, right? I've luckily, <laughs> you know, because of what I do, I... I know how to deal with these things. I've talked to my therapist about them throughout treatment. I've talked with really good friends about it. You know, I have a couple friends that I'm very, very close with that have been very supportive. They also have very similar childhood experiences to mine, so they understand the complexity. And a lot of us don't have that space. I've dealt with this with clients that don't have people in their life they feel safe to talk about this with and to process it and deal with it so that it doesn't overtake them because what we really don't want to do is do harm to the person that we are caring for because that feels like fucking shit and I'm going to be honest you're not going to be perfect at it there are going to be moments right there's been a few moments where there's a few things that my dad has done or said that have always been issues between us. And they are related to unresolved issues with him from his own childhood, but then he acted out toward me on them, right? It's very complicated. But, you know, there, there have been ways where my dad has treated me um, as, as if I'm this irresponsible child, right? at the same time as I'm caring for him. So it's been very hard. And I can do a whole other podcast about why why parents or caretakers will do that, why they will sometimes treat us or um, act as if we are still at a certain age that was very controllable or they would consider uh, very irresponsible and reckless, whatever. That's a whole other topic, which please leave me a show note if you want to hear about that too. Um, or reach out. Let me know if you want to hear more about that because I can talk all about that as a separate thing. And there's been a few times that I've gotten mad at him. And it's been very hard. Because what I have to do is also understand in that moment, and you know, you're not always perfect dealing with it because all of these emotions are flying around and compassion fatigue gets real fucking intense when you're in the middle of months and months of treatment, right? And if you're not sure what compassion fatigue is, compassion fatigue is something you get when you are a caregiver for another person. It's not just when you are a mental health professional or um, 
you know, a doctor, nurse, any type of person like that. It is also when you are a caretaker for another person. It happens all the time. I have a lot of friends that are either therapists or coaches like me, or they are, they work in hospitals or they're physical therapists and things like that. So, you know, these are conversations we have all the time about this because we all get it. And a lot of us, unfortunately, we, we don't have the understanding of what that is and what that looks like because it's not talked about as much. But compassion fatigue is a real thing. And it is a thing that many of us struggle with and many of us experience because you can't give and give to this person. And I don't care how great of a relationship you have without it taking a toll on you mentally, right? Because you're holding so much. You're holding your own things. You're holding their things. You're trying to be there and support. And this is why it is now emphasize more and more that the caretaker person for any loved one or any person like they have other people that they seek out to get support from them that is a real fucking thing now luckily because we understand it better um from a mental health perspective but also from a societal perspective and my hope is that it'll get better and better the more we talk about these things so that as as we all go through this world, we don't put ourselves in situations where we are taking on everything by ourselves because we just can't. It's too hard. And we're not even meant to do that. We're not even designed to do that. We are social creatures. That is how we have evolved, right? Even from day one, we have always been that way and we are meant to be that way. The, the toxic individualism that is promoted, especially in Western culture, adds to this, right? I mean, think about it, like even on the perspective of like raising children, that used to be communal. And in many societies, it still is, but that used to be a communal practice. And yet, if you're living in the Western world, you know, especially if you are mom or the person taking on the societal role of mother, right? Depending on what that looks like in your society. Um, Because you don't have to be a cis woman to be a mother, right? It's not the requirement. Mother is a role and you don't have to be the person that birthed the child to be that, right? But whatever the societal role of it is, that is transformed into something that you should be able to handle on your own. And you should be able to handle it on your own while working. And that's been going on for centuries, right? Um, you know, in, it wasn't until like the 1950s and 60s, actually I would say 60s, and even into the 70s, where as white women, we, we were actually jumping into the workforce more like and on a steady basis right not just in wartime but jumping into the workforce and then also caring for our children and that had never been done before versus like if you're a black brown indigenous uh woman slash afab person you were you were already taking on that role right because most most of those women they were already in those roles that was either forced upon them or by necessity, 
based on society. So we have this history here of first, as all, you know, all people all over the globe, we, we treat caretaking as something that is communal, right? And then you get into Western society and as colonialism went through, then you, of course, have caretaking becoming this thing that is solo and the expectation is solo. And now we're all recognizing how utterly fucked up that is because it is stressful. It is overwhelming and it's impossible. (laughs) It's just impossible. Um, And we need that support. But then you go into this end of it, right? Where the caretaking is for that loved one who is sick, who is struggling, right? So of course, things are going to pop up. How could they not, right? Because your, your emotions are heightened, right? Your stress responses are heightened. Your cortisol levels are up from a biological perspective, when that happens, all of those things that have been in the background, they're going to come forward. And anything that is still there, even if it has been processed on, to some extent, it's going to pop back up. Because that's what happens. You may be able to recognize what's going on a lot faster. And of course, you know, have, have better systems in place to deal with that, right? You have a therapist or a coach or somebody that you trust to be there for you. You have people in your life that you can admit these things to, right? But it's going to come up. It's going to be there, you know. I, I knew that there were certain things going into this that I was still dealing with with my dad. Certain hurts that I had carried from childhood where I felt like resentful that he didn't protect me better from a really young age uh, my best friend knows knows all this like from probably the age three on I just remember always being the caretaker for myself and learning to hold everything for everybody else including my mom and dad right I I held things for my dad so that he wouldn't feel bad and guilty about the abuse that I was going through at my mom's um, because I, I also learned with my mom to hold her feelings because every so often she would do the whole like am I a good mom thing and I, I instinctively knew to lie about it and say no you're a good mom you're a good mom um, even though I didn't feel it I, I, I very distinctly remember I wasn't even fully aware of what was going on. But when I was about six years old, uh, my dad filed for custody again. So they had shared parenting, which was really fucking wild in the 80s. Because that was rare for uh, a dad to get shared custody. They did. Because um, my mom didn't really want custody. But, you know, her family, more so, her own abusive father... Uh, needed things to look a certain way, right? If she doesn't have visitation with his only grandchild, that doesn't look good on his family. So um, I didn't know exactly what was going on, 
but I knew there was a threat to her ability to have me. And she questioned me, my good mom. And I remember just standing there looking at her and I had this sense of something's bad is going to happen if I tell her the truth. And of course, as a kid, like you're in survival mode, right? You, you're trying to protect yourself. So I lied and said, you're good mom. You're good mom. And I didn't mean it. And I learned at that time and even before that to take on her shit as a way to make sure they would love me. Because again, there, there's this twisted thought in my, my little brain that if I don't hold their things and I don't, you know, let them take responsibility for what they've done. And if I don't um, keep what I'm experiencing a secret that I'm going to be the problem, I'm going to be bad, and I'm going to be punished. They won't love me, right? And as kids, all you want is to be loved and approved of and belong. That's all we all want. So not having that would have been like death to me, right? Because it would to any kid. It does. Like, it, it fucks you up. Fucks with your whole brain chemistry after that, right? So some of those resentments there for not being protected and because from, a, again, probably about the age of three up and then definitely by the time I was six, I learned I had to be my own caretaker. I mean, even on a practical level when I was with my mom, I was my own caretaker. I, I would walk to the corner store to get myself food. I ironed clothing, right? I took care of my own needs like... Um, this sounds so simple and ridiculous, but like, you know, most, most little girls or people assigned female at birth, you learn from your mom or, um, whoever, whatever woman in your life is raising you, you learn which way to wipe the correct way. I didn't get taught how to do that. I didn't get taught how to brush my hair properly because I have curly hair. Um, how to detangle it and stuff. Like, I figured those things out. I just, there were so many little things that I figured out on my own. And I remember <laughs> at some point, like, because again, on the, you know, outside of the somatic trauma work I do, I'm a sex educator. I teach sacred sexuality work. And you know, part of that is also health. So like we all know, like if you have a vulva, you're supposed to wipe from front to back. And I talked about this. I was like, for some of us also, the reason we don't have certain knowledge of just basic hygiene practices, or we had to figure them out because there was also neglect there, which plays into how we feel about our bodies. It's really, really nuanced there. But again, going back to this, a lot of the ways that like this inner child version of me has felt resentful and fearful of what will happen if I don't uphold like taking on all of the pain 
all of the hurt, if I don't shove down the resentment, if I don't take care of everything by myself, even though this version of me was fucking exhausted because from the age of three on, I just learned to take care of myself in, in many, many ways. Yeah, the anger popped up, the resentment popped up. And I was, I remember when I first started noticing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, worst timing ever. But at this, but then I quickly caught myself. I was like, no, this is normal. This is very normal. And this is showing something that I need to deal with right now. So, you know, I'm going to deal with it as best as I can. But get help because I do not believe the whole adage, like, God or the universe, whatever you choose to believe, give never gives you more than you can handle. Um, sometimes we, we definitely get handed more than we can handle. And also, why do we have to? Because, again, we're trying to do all of the things by ourselves. And we really don't fucking need to do that. So, as it popped up, I recognized I was going to have to deal with this. But I was going to need a lot of support to deal with it. Because I was also holding that fear of losing my dad. Both me now and also the child me that desperately needed her dad. And it's not like he wasn't around or whatever, right? My dad was my safe space because my parents had shared custody. So when I was with him, I was safe. And then by the time I hit high school... I basically just refused to live with my mom. Um, I would see her occasionally. But I, I stayed with my dad. And the part of me that also when I was younger and I was living in this nightmare house with my mom, you know, half the time, all she ever wanted to do was go to her dad's. So the threat of losing my dad became utterly terrifying even more than it already was because you know my dad's 72 and it's funny like every time we go in for his checkups and even like pre-surgery like they were asking him things like what medications you were on do you get around well and (laughs) and we're like what and they're all shocked that my dad doesn't take any medications because he doesn't need any for anything um, outside of cancer, my dad is healthy as fuck. <laughs> like, like all of all of his blood tests, his physical and everything show he's in excellent health. My dad still um, does woodworking. He owns his own business. In fact, if you've ever clicked on um, the link in my show notes or anything like that, you will actually see a link to his shop where you can buy his merchandise. He's great. Um, he he's a very active person and you know and then here's this illness that has kicked him in the ass and you know he's still handling it really well like but it's terrifying I'm not ready for him to not be in my life this is this is the person that even with the ways that he has not been great even in the ways that I needed something else from him even in the ways that he has also caused trauma 
he's been great. And there are also, a, there's also been a lot of work on his part, which is not something all of us get the opportunity to witness is our, our parent actually going through and doing healing work and repairing harm. And what's really been interesting about this is like some of this has popped up for me. And at the same time, like, you know, I'm trying to hold him. I'm also trying to hold my daughter who is terrified of losing their grandpa because he took a big part in helping me raise Angel. You know, I, I was a single mom. I didn't, my, my ex was abusive and not a safe person. So I, I raised Angel solo, but my dad helped a lot with that, a lot with that. And so this is, you know, this is the, the father figure person in my kid's life. And they have always had a very special bond. So there's the fear there. And there's also ways that like my, my daughter has witnessed some of the issues that my dad and I have had together. The arguments that we've had have affected them. And so, you know, they're, they're learning to express like how that's hurt them. And, you know, there have been definitely times where I've blown up at him. And there's also things that my daughter just doesn't understand that are deeper than than what has been under been what shown right because that's just not something that they should have to be holding right because not because they're immature or anything but like they're the they're the child <laughs> they should be the person that even as an adult child right they shouldn't be trying to mitigate that with us and definitely not when they were younger but here we are right we don't do things perfectly all the time so there's been a lot there and it's hard and and we have to deal with it we have to find a way to process this but that means not doing it alone but I think the first thing we have to do is to normalize the fact that this shit is going to come up and it is going to be there Because the more we try to just shove it down and the more we try to um, silence ourselves and be like, that's not okay to feel right now. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? And we should just be concerned about keeping them healthy and and alive. It's just going to build more and more and you will have a blow up, right? And then there is going to be that moment where you say or do something that you really fucking regret after it. And if it happens, right, it doesn't mean you can't repair the harm, but it's going to be there. So normalizing things and learning to make what you're experiencing okay. And okay doesn't mean you get permission to then start screaming at this person or, you know, taking it out on them. No, not in any way, shape, or form do you get permission to do that, just like I don't get permission to do that. And if you do, again, you get to repair harm. Um, hopefully, <laughs> you, you don't do so much damage that it feels like there's no way to prepare harm or there's not an opportunity to. But you do get to repair the harm if it happens. And at the same time, 
you also, you get to feel this. It gets to be there. And you also don't have to take it on all by yourself. Please don't do that because let me tell you, you try to do that and that is when things will blow up. Either you're going to have a fucking breakdown or you're going to blow up at them or both things are going to happen or you're going to lash out at somebody else in your life and then you're going to be doing more harm too. And it's just going to keep a cycle of things going. We don't need that, right? I hope that for those of you that have struggled with this, or maybe you are struggling with this right now, I hope that this helps. I hope that this, me talking about this, normalizes what you're experiencing or have experienced. And if you have experienced it, but you still haven't dealt with it, and you've just been kind of sitting on it and feeling a lot of guilt and shame around what you experienced, please reach the fuck out. Um, my group program, Reclaiming Me, you know, it is all based on doing a lot of this work, doing a lot of the healing work so that these types of issues, you can address them and deal with them. And on on top of like, what are those repeating issues that keep popping up in your life? We're going to work on those too, because they all tie in, but also like learning to deal with these uncomfortable moments, these very complex moments, that's a big part of this process. And doing that in a way that is safer and gentler on your nervous system and with a lot of support because it's a small group program. So it also is going to teach you to normalize all of these very complex feelings that you're having and to deal with them in a gentler way. So instead of like feeling overwhelmed by it or going numb to everything, You have a way to let it go because that's, that's what we ideally want. And even if things pop up again, because they will, you have a way to deal with it. You have a a small group of people that get you, that understand you, that can help you. So instead of feeling like you have to handle all of this shit by yourself, you recognize you don't, um, I hope that that helps. Please check that out in the show notes. And if you want more one-on-one support, um, I have a few spots for that open right now. I haven't had any for a while, but I have a few open. So take advantage of that. If you got something from this, please leave a review. Make sure you're subscribed. Send it to somebody that could also use this. And also send me a note. Let me know what's coming up for you. Let me know how you're feeling. Also, if you want me to go into more of these issues and things like that, please let me know that as well. And again, just know it's normal. It's normal for you to have very complex feelings in situations like this. And you're not alone in that.